Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 118 O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now confess that he is gracious, and that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now confess that his mercy endureth forever. Yea, let them now that fear the Lord confess that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in trouble and the Lord heard me at large. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man doeth unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon mine enemy. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put any confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put any confidence in princes. All nations compassed me round about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They kept me in on every side. They kept me in, I say, on every side, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They came in about me like bees, and are extinct even as the fire among the thorns. For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall but the Lord was my help. The Lord is my strength and my song, and is become my salvation. The voice of joy and health is in the dwellings of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord bringeth mighty things to pass. The right hand of the Lord hath the preeminence. The right hand of the Lord bringeth mighty things to pass. I shall not die but live, and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened and corrected me, 
but he hath not given me over unto death. Open me the gates of righteousness, that I may go into them and give thanks unto the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter into it. I will thank thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The same stone which the builders refused is become the headstone in the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Help me now, O Lord. O Lord, send us now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have wished you good luck, we that are of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, who hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, yea, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will thank thee. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious, and his mercy endureth forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eighth chapter of the book of Zechariah. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Zion with great zeal. With great fervor I am zealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each one with his staff in his hand because of great age. The streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, if it is marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, will it also be marvelous in my eyes, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west. I will bring them back, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people, and I will be their God, in truth and righteousness. Thus says the Lord of hosts, People shall yet come, inhabitants of many cities. And the, the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us continue to go and pray before the Lord, and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days ten men from every language of the nation shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, Praised and exalted above all forever. 
Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the twelfth chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members each one of them in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. On these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, 
as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who discovern all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the supplications of thy people and grant us thy peace all the days of our life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning, all. Happy Sunday. I think it's best to begin with Psalm 118 today um, because the trajectory of it and the pattern of it really sets us up for what the lessons are getting at. Um, 
so Psalm 118 is is you know it's an amazing song. It's one of my favorites. It's a psalm that begins with a kind of um, reflection on the perplexity of Israel's um, sort of tense relationship with the nations around her, um, and the this idea of you know Israel being in an adversarial relationship very often with the other powers, especially of the ancient Near East. We think of Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, uh, the Hittites. Um, they, and then you have uh, kind of constantly the, the borderlands of Israel being hemmed in by people who would really rather Israel not exist um, in their in their own time. And so you have you, you have this reflected in this this idea, you know, they came upon me, but in the name of the Lord, you know, I, I, I struck back and I destroyed. I will destroy them. And so it really captures that, that kind of um, the enmity um, between Israel and the other nations of the earth um, at the time. And so um, then as the psalm progresses, you see a sort of a fading of that adversarial enmity um, and, and that is displaced by a vision of the temple of God in Jerusalem. Um, and as the psalmist sort of in, in the, the imagination of the psalm approaches that temple vision, um, the adversarial relationship that Israel, the psalmist speaking in the voice of Israel has with the other nations of the earth. Um, begins to subside and fade, and eventually all that is there is just the vision of the temple, and that enmity has sort of subsi has sort of faded completely into the backdrop, um, and is a distant memory by the end of the psalm. And so, uh, you and so what begins as a sort of hymn of, of sort of holy war and conquest, it ends with this sort of vision of worship, um, in in the in the face of which that enmity has sort of has sort of settled and has sort of has become a thing a thing of memory. Uh, that's really the critical thing that's going on in Zechariah's lesson um, is that you have Zechariah who's writing to a post captivity people. Um, uh, uh, this is this is after the um, the return from Babylon um, when it, having settled back in the the land again um, the the exiles who had returned. Um, found it not quite to be the sort of uh, the land of promise flowing with milk and honey that they uh, that had been promised to their fathers. And especially in the sort of restoration of the temple at Jerusalem, it did not have the same glory um, and the spirit of God did not sort of fall upon it in the same way that it had when in the tabernacle with Moses at the institution of the tabernacle or at the building of the temple of Solomon um, at Solomon's consecration prayer. And so you're left wondering, like, all right, what is what's going on here? And so Zechariah's oracle is of a restored Zion or a restored Jerusalem, where no longer will it be um, that no longer will it bear the burden of that disparity of having once been the the, the sort of the, the focal focal point of worship of the true God of gods, um, and it's and, and and yet is no longer really that, or it's not not something's not quite right, and the burden of that will be lifted. Um, and so the, the signs of this will be that there will be a, for the people of Jerusalem, for the, 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 the native dwellers of Jerusalem, there will be a sort of a driving away of corruption and mortality um, such that great, you know, sort of multiple generations shall dwell in the city together. And the sort of, and the, the sort of separation of them will be restored. There'll be an intergenerational community of the old and young who live in harmony together within the city. Uh, and then with, from the outside of the city, um, there's this sort of a, a flipping on its head and a kind of, of, a, of an old sort of trope within the Old Testament. You'll have, he says, the other sign of this great restoration will be that um, someone will lay, hand, lay hold on, you know, the Jewish man 
um, you know, outside of the gates of the city. And the expectation is, of course, if they lay hands on him, it's going to be to like rough him up and to, and, to, and to harm him. Again, that sort of old enmity again. But instead, the, the text immediately continues. But in order to say, let us go with you and give us the honor of accompanying you to the city of God that we might worship the true God in his house. And so this idea is that the temple is restored um, and this becomes the, the sort of the, the center point of, of that, that draws together those who were previously at enmity with each other. Um, and so the expectation becomes that this is going to be, you know, a geographical location. This is going to be the site, the temple itself. But the, the sort of shocking, um, you know, the shocking, uh, you know, sort of revelation becomes that this is actually a person around whom this will eventually take place. And it is, of course, the person um, and the event that we're celebrating in mass today in our in our gospel lesson from mass is the baptism of Jesus, who coming out of the Jordan River as an image of Israel coming through the Jordan River, the spirit of God descends upon him at his baptism. And this is the sort of the, the same imagery of the tabernacle in the wilderness, the temple at Jerusalem, and now has become the person of Jesus, who is now the temple of God that will be the center point that brings that unifying, you know, that unifying vision about that was prophesied by Zechariah. And that is that sort of end vision of the psalm this morning. And the sign of this is going to be, again, that reconciliation of old enmity, which is what St. Paul is getting at in his lesson this morning, is that as we see um, as we see Christ sort of rightfully installed as the head over all, um, it will harmonize all parts of uh, all things that were previously in disharmony and all it will harmonize all the whole body of, hum of this new humanity that has been made through him uh, and joined to him. And so, you know, a lot of the, as we reflect on this, there's so many things we could think about. But really, I think one of the things is, is that the, the sort of the, the disharmony and enmity we see characterizing the relationships uh, in the psalm and then and sort of the backdrop of Zechariah's lesson today are really what happens when we attempt to displace um, when we when we when when someone is when everyone is vying to be the head of the body, whatever that body is, the body of humanity, the body of the new humanity. Whenever anyone tries, whenever and everyone's trying to be the head of it, it casts the whole body into disharmony. But when Christ is the head, um, as Saint Paul says, this is he is the head of the body, into uh, around whom all the other members are fitly joined together uh, for the building up of this of this new people of God. Um, then everything else falls into place. And, and only through the headship of Christ does difference, whether it be of Jew and Greek or of slave or free or of male or female or of any of these otherwise divisive sort of lines that run through humanity. But when Christ is installed at the head, all difference becomes a thing of harmonious beauty um, that balances with one another and mutually is, is mutually revealing of that head who is Christ, who holds all difference in harmony, who is able to, by his power and wisdom, holds together the whole body and help it fun and make it function together toward one end and to be truly one body. So it's a call to us today to see in the baptism of Christ the um, the giving to us, the revealing to us of the center of this of this new life, a life that is marked by a, a renewed purpose and a purpose that draws all all people to itself. So. Continuing now with our prayer for all conditions of men. 
O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our